Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we are talking about what's unique about abstraction. Uh, Many people find abstraction very challenging to either create or appreciate because it seems so different from more realistic approaches, and it seems hard to find a way in. Although, in some ways, there are radical differences, there are also some basic similarities with representational art. Today, we'll talk about abstraction in a way that may help your efforts to understand it as an artist or art appreciator. Uh, And with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And before we get started, I want to say that we know that these episodes about abstraction are very popular with our, our listening audience. Right. We see the numbers. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we, we haven't done one of these in a little while. And, um, you know, I think that this may be a good one for you to share with people who don't really understand abstraction and your love of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to really kind of like cover uh, just a, a bit of a freewheeling conversation, really, about why we enjoy abstraction so much. Yeah. Um. I agree. And I think, I think the reason, one of the reasons that people sort of put up a a barrier against abstraction. And if you, if you do work abstractly, you know what I'm talking about. You say, somebody says, Oh, what style do you work in? You say abstraction. And it's it's like this wall goes up, you know? (laughs) Okay. And they're picturing some blobby thing. And, you know, you sort of lose instant respect, you know, it's like, um, this is a little hard. And so I think people think of it in rather a rigid way. I mean, that, that realism as well, they get put into fairly rigid boxes. Um, yet at the same time, you can look through art history and see artists who, and, and people that you know as well now today, are working well in both realms. And maybe let one is led to the other, and it can go either way, starting with abstraction or realism and, and moving in a different direction. Or um, they just... You know, they go back and forth quite easily between them. And, you know, if you if you adopt a sort of more fluid attitude here, it does really help. <laughs> right. And I mean, the truth is that that everything is degrees of abstraction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're taking three dimensional reality and trying to interpret it into a two dimensional space for the most part, unless you're working in three dimensions. And even then you're trying to represent. You're, right. It would three- be an isolated object. Rather right. Than- Right. Even even the most kind of detailed bust of like a a, a person's head or something, it's still like it's done in marble and (laughs) it doesn't look like a human, really. So nobody's going to look at that and say, oh, is that is that a a human standing there? Like, no, it's it's representational. So everything is degrees of abstraction. It's just how far you go with it. Yeah, I I sort of think of all art as a translation of some kind, right? an interpretation of some kind. So. No matter what style you're working with, you're starting with a source, an idea, something you've seen or thought or known or felt. You know, it's it's taking something from the outer world and and creating something through your lens, through your filter, uh, and you want it to be meaningful. And I think as an artist, there's no one way to do this. And, you know, I think you have to follow your gut on it. Uh, some people avoid working abstractly because they think it won't be as acceptable, but want to try it. We see this a lot in workshops where people have taken the step. They know they're coming to an abstraction workshop. It may be the first time they've ever ventured down that road and with some apprehension. Um, So 
it's kind of a, you know, don't be afraid of it. There's a lot there. Uh, and I thought I'd start out with just kind of a quick run through some of the, some of the really broad uh, and admittedly very simplified categories of the way that people approach art. And there's a lot of overlap with these. They're, they're all continuums, you know, kind of the idea that there's no cutoff point really, or it would be hard to put a finger on cutoff point. But this is just kind of for discussion purposes. So obviously, if we're going to start with interpreting the real world in a more or less illustrational way, we call it realism or representational painting, as close as possible to what is observed. Uh, and this can go into a sort of a super realism where you might, I mean, there's somebody, I can't remember his name now, that makes sculptures that are so realistic they could be taken for people. <laughs> <laughs> Since you brought up that topic, Dwayne Hansen, I think that is. Anyway, it, um, it is possible to get close. It is possible. I to mean, get close. they have like whole like wax museums of yeah. <laughs> you know like statues that look like real people. But true enough. And most people, though, working in realism, they are aware that they're interpreting and they're going to put their own mark. But, on but it even somehow. if you take a, a, a you know a a a wax person you know it like the whole concept of putting these into a museum and having them just standing there like it's it's a pretty abstract idea <laughs> you're right <laughs> abstraction is part of all of these and in some way or another and i am going to talk more specifically about how that works um but just to kind of run through these categories so so this realism or um um illustrational type of art it can be all kinds of things within that. You know, it could be narrative or um, allegorical or very just straightforward observation, um, depending on what the artist is motivated by. And then there's kind of moving into a category that is clearly more interpretive, but you still, the subject matter is still there and is still very identifiable, but you feel the artist's personal style or interpretation has become more important. There's an emphasis on technique or certain visual elements. Um, so somebody like Van Gogh comes to mind. You know, you're seeing the person in the picture, you're seeing the field of crows, whatever, uh, but you're very aware of his personal style. Um, and this can include, you know, surrealism, expressionism, uh, lots of, it's a very, again, a very broad category. And then continuing on down, you enter the realm of a more abstract art where subject matter may still be present and may still be recognizable, but the um, the intent behind it is, is, I would say, somewhat different. It's more about ideas or it's more about emotions or, um, or how the visual elements are being used. The subject matter may be sort of a a hook to hang it on, or it may just be, uh, it may be a symbol, but it's a, a slightly different, even when there's subject matter present, it has a slightly different effect. Um, and that's at one end of that abstraction continuum. And you go on down and, and then there's no subject matter at the very other end, which is kind of what uh, people often think of and what is called pure abstraction. So abstraction includes that work to which there is no reference to the visual world. Um, so it includes the abstract expressionist painters um, like Jackson Pollock. It includes uh, minimalist painters like Agnes Martin. Um, there's lots of different ways to work with abstraction. Um, and it also kind of includes conceptual art. That may be its own category, but conceptual art 
sometimes is not even concerned with any visual image. It may be a performance or an installation of some sort that um, is, I, I, it can be its own sort of category. So anyway, there, that's just like the quickest rundown of what's out there. Just the real broad strokes. Really very broad. <laughs> I probably left out a million things, but I kind of think of it as that long line from very, very closely observed realism to no image at all. And, you know, where, where those things merge on that long line is there's a lot of gray areas. So I guess the point, though, one of the points about abstraction is that it's part of that continuum. It, and, and it is uh, as legitimate as anything else on that line, in my opinion, anyway. Um, we, we did podcasts early on, I think it was number 13 and 14, where talked a lot about these different types of abstraction. If you're interested in this topic, you know, maybe go back and listen to those again. It is not any one way of working, and it's not a small box. It's very big. <laughs> um, and so it's so big that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and I'd like to go into a little bit deeper, it's actually part of these other approaches. Um, and so the, there are things that are not at all unique about abstraction. They're, they have to do with good art, and no matter what kind of style you're working in. And it's this counteracts that misconception that abstraction is... No any, rules. No rules. Yeah. Anyone can do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it doesn't take any understanding or education or anything. And, and, and for the most part, these are ways to put abstraction down. Right. Um, there is some truth in no rules. I mean, yeah. but uh, as far as, you know, I would say there are standards. There are standards for any kind of art. And they're based in how the artist works with visual elements and and um design elements and so uh those are things that we learn in art school right um or on your own if you haven't been to art school but they apply anybody who's taking an art course will learn these things whether their ultimate goal is realism or not right and so i think um art instruction understands this from the beginning and if you take an art survey course or you take um, any class where examples of art are being shown, at least a good one will show examples of abstraction right alongside realism in terms of how is color being dealt with, how is line being dealt with. It's, uh, it's the language that we learn to speak. Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's like anything where uh, you have to know the rules before you can break them. True enough. Um, yeah, I mean, these are basic building blocks right and, um so you, if you if you're gonna push the boundaries of you know we're gonna uh remove this element entirely or, or we're right. gonna go really overboard on this or that you know it's like you have to know what what constraints you're pushing within people's framework of what they're looking at yeah and then to be able to talk about it and say right. i you know say a very minimalist work um you know I always feel like there's been a process of editing and, and editing out what the artist feels is right. most important to get to that point. And they don't just arrive at it suddenly and then, you know, without understanding what they've given up to get to where they've gotten. Um, and just in case you're listening to this and you don't have an art background, what we're talking about here, um, visual elements 
uh, usually are defined as color, value, which is the lightness or darkness of things, line, shape, form, which is the 3D aspect of shape, and texture. Um, so those fairly simple divisions, uh, but within which there's lots to say, of course. Uh, and as a workshop instructor, I can say, yes, any one of these could go on for a day or more. You know, uh, And then the design principles of design, that's how you use them. The, the visual elements are like the words and the principles of a design are, well, how are you using these words? How are you forming sentences and paragraphs and meaning? Um, and these are these have to do with composition, um, all aspects of composition, distribution of visual weight. Um, they have to do with contrast uh, in the work. They have to do with unity and variety. So you want a piece to have a sense of underlying unity, but enough variety to make it interesting and so on. So um, basically you have, you know, these building blocks and then what are you going to build with them? And some knowledge of that is important no matter what your style is yeah i think it's kind of like the grammar of of the art world you know it's 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 a a kind of a framework that we can use to understand art and you know you may you may be writing haikus that are all that are very minimalist and have very little in the way of of grammar and structure but they have their own framework that they exist right. within um and i i feel like abstract art is a lot like that like you're gonna you're gonna work within these these kind of uh, using these tools in your toolbox and your but the boundaries of what you can use to create are are endless. Yeah. And I suppose that uh, analogy of grammar has to do with any of these different styles we talked right. about because each one would have maybe some different expectations or understandings that you go into it with. Right. It's just so a framework used to to to, to interpret yeah. a, a certain style of artwork. And it's the way you communicate. Right. So um so, you know, I think I think all artists, no matter what your style is, you're dealing with relationships between parts of the work, which is basically uh, grammar or sentence structure, if you're tying it into words. Um, I mean, if you're painting a realistic landscape, you're you're th you're thinking about it in a similar way in terms of composition, um, placing shapes and colors how the eye is moving through the painting, those kind of thoughts are the same as an abstract painter would have um, because they're dealing with those basic things. Um, I mean, another thing in common is that urge to communicate. Uh, you're, you've got something you want to say. You've got a perception. You've got uh, some interest of yours that you want to express. And so communication as just bridging that gap between how you're perceiving it and how you want somebody else to perceive it. Um, in abstraction, I think in general, there's a more open attitude there where uh, people often want to see things in abstraction, which the painter may not have intended or the, um, I will say painter, but any, any form of art may not have intended. Um, and there's sort of a recognition that people are perceiving it in certain ways that maybe not what you had in mind but you, but abstract artists are typically fairly open to that they may not want to hear it once i say i see a face in that uh once somebody says that to me i'm like ah i don't want to see that face in there 
Yeah, it's interesting because people want to have that that connection to yes. a work. They want to interpret something from it, and it's easiest to interpret kind of things that we see around us into, into yeah. And our I think work. I think that is a very that's a very key stumbling point for people interpreting right. abstraction. And that's the challenge of abstraction, really, is to to create a connection, to create a, an emotional response within the human brain of the viewer who's mm-hmm. looking at this thing uh, without necessarily drawing from real life. Or, or drawing from their own experience. Right, right, right. Because that's what I mean. Like, I think a lot of abstract artists are pretty open to how someone's interpreting it. Right. And, and I shouldn't say that they're not drawing from real life because they are, but yeah. it's, it, it's not, it's not physical reality as we perceive it, as right. we're walking around and talking with each other. There, there isn't a person standing there. There isn't a dog in the, you know, it's yeah. not. Or they, they may want to see the dog, but the dog isn't there. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a different reality. Uh, right. And it's kind of segueing into how, how different abstraction is. Um, but I will say before we leave the topic of the similarities that I think all artists want to grow and develop their work. And that's, that's a hallmark of creativity that you see in any style. And understanding that when you're looking at abstraction, the person doing this is just as involved in exploration and thought and trying to bring meaning to their work and all those things as somebody doing something that you can sort of pinpoint that meaning or or what's being said, uh, just because the process is a little more obscure doesn't mean it's not there. Right, and and it's per- there are there's plenty of uh, representational work that uh, is not particularly moving or thought provoking. Well, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it it. It all gets back to how well it's done or right, you know, right. back to those building blocks and all so that. So the challenges between representational and abstract art are the same. It's it's trying so. yeah. trying to create a connection with the viewer, trying to create a some kind of response from them, whatever you're trying to evoke. Right. Um, and 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 tuning into your own needs as an artist in doing so. Right. And um translate this translation of what it is you're experiencing, what you want other people to get out of it. It's the basic process. So having said that, there are some real differences with abstraction. And we started out saying, yeah, a lot of people have trouble with it. And um, I guess personally, I've always taken this as a pretty... A pretty nice thing for people to say to me, but they'll, but at the same time, there's an edge to it. And people will say, I don't usually like abstraction, but I like your work. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad they like my work, but I also think, well, what is it? Why don't you generally like abstraction? You know, um, and it, it pleases me because I think I've broken through that barrier when somebody says that. Right, right. But it shouldn't necessarily be our job to do that. I mean, uh, the abstraction demands more from the viewer, I think. And I think what people are saying when they say that is, I'm not usually willing to to um, make that effort or to try to understand. And somehow you've poked through it. Okay, good. <laughs> well, and I think that the, the things that people tend to remember uh, with whatever you're talking about are like the bad ones, you know? So they'll remember some some abstract art that that they were like i don't get this right. at all I, you know I, there's not i have no connection to this and yeah even if they tried they didn't get it right so, but and that's what they remember but they might have that same reaction to 
representational work that just does nothing for them or or some interaction with uh an employee at some store and they're like i you know i don't really like that store yeah. and, you know it's like they they have like one bad experience and that Write taints it off. yeah exactly <laughs> and i think that there aren't as many abstract artist or, or the, like abstract art it's coming up you know it's becoming a bigger part of the art world but it's still it's a niche mm-hmm. and so i think that people's interactions with with abstract art in general are pretty limited and there's also there's a comfort level with representational art it and i'm speaking very superficially here because it may not it may not really be what the painting is about or the true deeper meaning of the painting but we were talking before like People want to see stuff. So uh, on a superficial level, you look at a painting, you say, oh, yeah, it's got a dog in it. Oh, yeah. The dogs are playing poker. Okay. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) There's a lot of deep meaning in paintings of dogs playing poker. I don't know. It's pretty abstract when you think about it. (laughs) But, you know, that, that labeling, that identifying, then your feet are on solid ground. And it actually prevents, I think it prevents a deeper understanding of, of referential art, of realistic art, because you say... Uh, oh yeah, that's a nice landscape. I get it. Moving on, right? You know, <laughs> instead of saying, "Oh, what you know, what is it about that landscape? What what colors or textures has the artist used to really make this work as a painting?" And so that that easy labeling and identifying is a problem for all kinds of work. I think um, the fact that it usually doesn't exist in abstraction right away. There's no. A lot of people feel like there's no hook. There's nothing to grab onto. Um, the artist really, the abstract artist is really creating a different sort of reality. And right away, that's like, ooh, okay, that sounds pretty strange. But it's a reality that's based on their own um, thoughts or emotions or imagination. But the thing that can happen that's so wonderful is that, you know, we all have that stuff in us, right? We all have a subconscious. We all have associations and um, emotions and and memories. And so the wonderful thing is if you allow that in and let that that painting or whatever it is kind of work on you a little bit, uh, usually abstraction takes some time. And I'll say that's not unique to abstraction. Any good art takes some time to really appreciate. Um, But if you you dismiss it too quickly, you're not going to feel uh, engaged in it. And if you have that barrier in your mind, I don't like it, you're not going to take the time and you're not going to be engaged. So it's it's really a matter of, I think, challenging your own. And I'm speaking here as the viewer, um, although I think I think we've said it, other things that artists themselves are going to relate to, like this is a challenge to create this reality. <laughs> it's a huge challenge. And I'll say a few more words about that at the end here. But um, another thing... I think most people don't realize about abstraction and the thing that makes it one thing that makes it unique and very interesting is that usually you the artist is emphasizing two or three of those visual elements um, the color value line shape form texture when you think about realism you need all those things to make it work you know uh, to create the illusion that you're looking at something abstraction frees the artist to uh, to play pretty loosely with those and what makes it strong and i'm not sure why this is but you can look at just about any abstract painting and say this artist their 
their visual elements of choice, <laughs> at least in this painting, and often throughout their work, are these three things. And so that right away, understanding that as a viewer, one of the ways to approach abstraction is to look at it and say, well, what is the artist interested in terms of the visual elements? How's the color working? You know, is this about line? What are these shapes about? I mean, they're really interesting shapes. Um, so when you identify that that is one of their main interests, it's that is a way in. That's a helpful first step. Uh, you can see that in other types of work as well, but I think knowing that about abstraction uh, is helpful. Um, and it it takes it right away. It takes your focus away from a more realistic interpretation because it's not going to happen with only three elements, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the that's a basis on which you can start to appreciate it. Um, and uh, an analogy that a lot of people use, and I think it's really a good one, is the analogy to music, because we can. And and here I'm talking about music without lyrics. Okay, so um, music with lyrics is often creating a narrative or a story, and it's referencing the real world. But you're listening to a symphony or a string quartet or whatever it is, um, and or just somebody strumming on a guitar, and you're hearing pure sound, and you're hearing structure, and you're hearing relationships between sounds, and that is that has a lot to do with abstraction. Uh, right, and if it's done right, then it's it's not just noise; it's music. Right, and it's the difference between something that is just a bunch of scribbles, you know, uh, a child's drawing, you know, which is all, which we often admire. <laughs> yeah, very very healthy behavior, but but it's the difference between that and like a developed ab abstract work is the difference between noise and music. And I would say um, there are abstract works of art that are very spontaneous and wouldn't have the layers and layers of stuff, but there's something about them. There's something, there's a structure or there's an intention that's coming through that's strong. Well, and there's plenty of music that some people would consider to be just noise, but, yeah. <laughs> but there is something, there is some structure to it and there's something that people appreciate about mm -hmm. it. And it, it like... There's an emotion or there's yeah, a yeah, feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's one thing to look for in an abstract work is... Um, is there, is there an intention? Is there a structure? It can be very loose and gestural, but is it expressing something that you can relate to? And so that's a, that's a really a good way into it. And I think it's just more experiential somehow. Like abstraction kind of requires you to respond to it as an experience of your own with your own response to it. And there's no right or wrong. I mean, you can, you might not want to, you might or might not share that with the artist. Um, if they're interested, you might. But it doesn't really matter. It's to me. I mean, I think it's your own relationship with that work of art. I think the artist is often setting a stage. They're providing um, an environment in which you may enter or, or you may observe with your own ideas and um, but but that's not easy to do. It's not easy to create a situation that someone can enter. And I think a really good abstract painting does that. Um, and one more thing I want to mention that I think is very interesting about abstraction is when you're working from a realistic subject, 
that's one source, really. You're looking at it and depicting it. Abstract art is typically, it's a mixture of all many things, sources, uh, mixed up like in a blender, you know, <laughs> and something may, uh, I, I actually, I like the uh, analogy of a soup, like you put all this stuff in the soup and then you're boiling it and maybe the carrot rises to the surface or something. That is your focus for this painting, um, that idea, whatever that is, or that emotion. And it's this interesting mix of things that's very personal. Um, and that's, I think that's a real difference. Um, it's, it's much less straightforward, but it's, it's just more complex. And when you read about what abstract artists are using for ideas, I mean, it's often a lot of different things. Well, I, I like this and I like that in the visual world, but then I also bring to it this memory and so on. Um, and sometimes people kind of laughingly say, yeah, I've heard abstract artists say this and I've said it, you're making something out of nothing. But I think it's actually, there's a lot of something there. I don't think it is nothing. Um, and I, I guess we're, you know, we're running a little short on time. I wanted to go into some um, some of the challenges for artists in making abstraction. And perhaps this would be best as another podcast. Um, because I think many listeners are interested in pursuing this themselves, but not sure where to go with it. So I think we'll just hold off on that topic. Okay. <laughs> Plus, my voice is wearing out. Right. Yeah, and and I guess kind of um, you know in in closing, I'd I'd like to reiterate that I I really think that um, all art is kind of a distillation of reality, and, yeah, and it's uh, it it exists on a continuum from you know very uh, as close as we can get to reality, but it's still a distillation. It's not, it's some, it's a distortion. Always will be. It yeah. is always going to be a distortion of re Like it's not art. If it's not a distortion of reality, it's just life. Right. Well, you know? we want that interpretation. Right. And yeah. so it starts, art begins with a, a distortion and then in a distillation of reality. And so it, and so there's this continuum that goes all the way down to, to, you know, very, or all the way up or all the way up to, to very, <laughs> <laughs> All the way over to the right, uh, uh, with uh, of like very kind of vague abstraction. But the 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 design elements, those are are elements that are distilled from reality. And so there's this this process that takes place where you're interpreting reality, you're drawing from it just the the essential oils of reality, and then you're mixing them together in different ways to create something totally different with yeah. The abstraction. Yeah, and if we just wanted reality well we're in it all the time right right so, yeah. yeah that's that's the difference between art and reality is yeah. that it's, it's not it's not reality so and, you know i i guess i would say uh, to wrap up i sometimes when you're an abstract painter people think you don't like other kinds of art and they're like oh i'm surprised you like rembrandt or something like, right of course i like rembrandt um you know but it it does get back to this you know this basic underlying similarity is it's all it's all an artist's distillation or interpretation and um the principles of art of good art doesn't matter what the style is so i have a fondness of black light velvet posters of elvis but <laughs> oh you uh, lost me there i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty abstract when you think about it <laughs> uh Anyway, I just I, I think that the idea that there's this underlying similarity is helpful when people are just turned off to abstraction or if you're an artist and you've been hesitant to go that direction, 
you know, you have these skills already and you're just going to use them in a different way. So it's not an entirely different world. Let's just say that. Okay. Well, <laughs> Although that, I, I'm going to rule out the dogs playing poker on black velvet. Oh, that, well, I don't know what I'm going to get you for your birthday now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.